When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show. It's frustrating and disappointing, but again, like, you know, get these questions all the time. You got to keep moving forward. And now you're talking about a team that's two games under 500. There's seven games out of a playoff spot, and you have 40 left to play. And oh, by the way, you've lost six in a row. You know, right now the Yankees have three more wins than the Mets, but the way that they have been playing, I mean, they literally look like dead team walking. And I don't know how you snap out of it. And it just seems like they're going through the motions. Yankees right now are seven out. Think about that. Yankees are further from a playoff spot, Matthew than what the Mets were when they decided to basically abandon ship. This is the Dan Grasso Show. We don't do anything anymore. Summer's almost over. All you do is watch baseball. On 98.7 ESPN. And who cares if we watch too much baseball? What is it to you, jerk? Hey, Dan Grasso Show, hour number two. On a Saturday morning here on 98.7 ESPN. We're taking it right up until noon, and Nita will take over at that point. Remember, we're back with you tonight, 6.30, live from MetLife Stadium. Little Jets, little Bucks, Buttle and myself on the pregame show. You'll hear from Zach Wilson, by the way, in the pregame extravaganza today. Went one-on-one with him a couple of days ago. And as I told you, we kind of picked up right where Hard Knocks ended the other night. If you watched the scene during the credits regarding the – 80s comedies and Leslie Nielsen, The Naked Gun, and Airplane. I I couldn't let that one just die, of course, and had to investigate a little bit further into Zach's preferences when it comes to comedy. So you will hear that, among other things, in our conversation a little bit later on here this evening. Talking Yankees, and, 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 you know, here's the other thing, too. Think about this. Yankees play this afternoon. Yankees play tomorrow afternoon. When was the last time? This late in the season, that's all you really need to know about the current state of affairs. Yankees and Red Sox, Saturday and Sunday games, weekend series, and they're both essentially 1 o'clock in the afternoon games. Remember, every time the Yankees and Red Sox used to tangle, that was the Sunday night baseball game, if it was a weekend series. Always. You know, Saturday nights now, they do baseball prime time on Fox at 7 o'clock. They would easily put that one in the evening. Nope, not now. It's almost like get it over with. The Yankees have basically become the baseball equivalent to what the football teams are when they put you at Sunday at 1, right? The Yankees are a Sunday at 1 team because what's really captivating about them right now? What is? Speaking of football, we'll get into the Giants coming up here in just a few minutes. Want to finish up these Yankee calls and say hi to Jose in Brooklyn. He is going to be up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Jose, good morning. How we doing? Good morning, Dan Graza, and shout out to the company. I definitely wanted to chime in on this Yankee talk because it it, it is um, it, it, it was hysterical because, like I was telling Joe, I didn't even watch the rest of the game after the first two innings. I just switched over to my regular TV and decided to just watch um, pretty much SmackDown because I was just like, you know what? 
these two hours will be a lot more entertaining than for me to watch the rest of that Yankee game. I'm sorry. And, and, and you know what the great anymore. Jose, you know what the great part about SmackDown is? Unlike the Yankees, you don't know what the outcome is going to be. <laughs> Very true. Right? There you go. Yeah, hey, you know, you don't true. even. You, no, 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 no. That's not even a joke. There is so much reality drenched in that statement. That's the sad part about it. <laughs> that is so true, because there is a famous uh, wrestling joke where a person could just interject themselves and, you know, win win the title without even with with, with the spontaneous, you know, um, speculation uh, stipulation. While you know, we 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 know who's going to be in the finals every year, you know. <laughs> so, it was like oh, the uh, it was like the NBA for those years when it was Cleveland and Golden State in the finals, which felt like for you know ten it, years in a row. Exactly, exactly. Yep, you, you know you know exactly which joke I'm talking about. So here's yep. the thing with um, the Yankees. Here's the thing with the Yankees, and you know we, me and Joe were just talking about it because I just don't see a way out of it. We don't see a light to the end of the tunnel. This looks to me. This looks like it's going to be a reluctant build rebuild for us Yankee fans who are part of the 94 era and up, you know, we're, it's going to be some tough times, you know, cause we're going to experience that because how's not going to eat his way out of this contract. I don't think he's going to fire Cashman. The only positive spin I could possibly put is they fire the analytics department and get a whole bunch of new people that actually know how to use numbers uh, to their benefit like these other te- successful teams are. I just don't see, and, you know, I know Boone has become the ultimate victim because of Brian Cashman's roster construction. They do need a new manager. They do need a new voice because the way the, the way the Yankees are just talk the way the Yankee players are just talking, I feel like it's, are, are you guys completely delusional? There's no way that this is this is a sense of reality where I'm just like, you know what? Watching a scripted event will be way more entertaining than watching the, these clowns try to tell me what. But Jose, and I'm just like it is. <laughs> Jose, let me ask you a question though, and, and I'm not yeah. saying you're wrong, okay? And if you want to make a change at the, in the manager's office, fine. I, I got no problem with it. But let's be honest, okay? If you mm-hmm. say on one hand that Boone has nothing to work with. Doesn't the guy who put the roster together absorb some of that responsibility? And so much so even further, remember, Mm -hmm. it was Cashman alone after 2017 when Joe Girardi that season took a Yankee squad that did not have World Series expectations, got them within one game of the World Series, and in the six years since with Aaron Boone, who was Cashman's hand-picked manager, they haven't gotten to within one game of the World Series yet. Totally agree, and I totally agree with all those sentiments because I I definitely see what you're saying. It's just the from everything that from the personality that describes how and seeing how we all you know work work in a professional sense of the world, they're just going to justify it as Cashman has had success while essentially Boone doesn't have you know, a leg to stand on, sadly. And what's going to end up happening is, is there, uh, I, what's going to end up happening is, is how's 
Cashman's just part of the family. Like, I call him Uncle Cashman because he pretty much grew up with the Steinbrenners, and I just don't see them kind of pretty much Cashman having the stomach to eat the money of three years left on Cashman's deal as opposed to boom where they they can pretty much, you know, sacrifice right. it, that it's, last it's, year. It's the easy fix. And, Jose, thank you for the phone call as always. It is, right? But here's the problem, though. They already used up one of those bullets at the All-Star break, and they made Dylan Lawson walk the plank as the hitting coach. Which, by the way, to circle back to that comment we were making earlier about the, the, the Ben Ruda interview on the podcast, the former minor leaguer, he was talking about the changes just in terms of the coaching staffs down in the minor leagues or whatnot. All the guys that were brought in and hired down there were brought in by Dylan Lawson, the guy who's not the hitting coach anymore. So think about that for a second. You had a guy who they gave autonomy to because he was the hitting guru in the organization because from an organizational standpoint, philosophically, this is what they prioritize. The exit velo, the hard hit balls, the this, and they wanted that taught all throughout the minor league levels. That is the discipline which they wanted to impart. Okay, fine. You could teach that, you could preach that, so then what kind of message are you sending? When he gets fired at the All-Star break and you bring in a guy in Sean Casey who has never coached a day before in his life, and if you ask me, Sean Casey is going to be someone that, look, he knows what he's talking about when it comes to baseball because the guy played at a high level. I mean, the guy was an All-Star, right? But is Sean Casey somebody who's able to sit there and get really caught up in the analytics to then be able to teach that to not just the big league hitters, but to then make all these trips down to the other levels of the minor leagues, let's say, during the offseason and conduct these clinics and meet with the coaches down there and say, this is what we want, A, B, and C, boom, boom, boom. I don't think so. To me, you fire Dylan Lawson at the All-Star break, that move is for one reason and one reason only. It's to jumpstart the major league club, right? It's to try to get a little pep in the step of the New York Yankees. Make those guys start swinging the bats a little bit better. And then so think about the conflict of interest there for a second. You get rid of your hitting guru, who was Mr. Analytics, because he was just following marching orders from the people above him, i.e. Cashman in the baseball ops department. Okay? He's gone. So you got Casey up here just trying to make Aaron Judge and DJ LeMayhew and uh, Giancarlo Stanton and all these guys hit big league pitching and do whatever they need to do to feel comfortable. But meantime, you have the minor league level that is now going about teaching things different from what they're doing up in the major leagues. So then when these guys develop and progress through the minor league system, they get to the big leagues, they're doing it one way as opposed to how they're doing it on the big league level. Does that make any sense to anybody? Now, they could call that a shotgun marriage, and say, well, you know what, it's only something that's going to work that way for the final three months of the regular season, and then when the offseason returns, boom, we're going to make sure that everybody's on the same page again. But to me, that sounds like a franchise and an organization that doesn't have a plan, that doesn't know what the hell they're doing. They're wearing their right shoe on their left foot, their left shoe on their right foot, and they're hoping that they can get from point A to point B in as little time as possible. But it don't always work that way. And that's why when you look at the standings this morning, the Yankees are in last place in the American League East with a losing record and are going to finish with a losing record for the first time in 30 years. Craig is in Michigan. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Craig, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning. Uh, you know, I, I, was, I was saying a few minutes ago that 
you know, I'm not, I'm not with the analytics. I think that you can use math to help you, but you know, I'm a poker player. So it's a game of situations and recognizing opportunities. So for instance, if a tight player gets in a hand, he hasn't been in a while. I'm to his left. I'm, I'm going to act next. I'll call him with any two cards because if he or she should check to me after that flop, I know they missed it and they're only going to hit that flop. 33% of the time. So they're going to miss 66% and half of that time they're on, they're, they're going to hit the low card and they're still going to check. So when, so, so sometimes you need to set the math aside and I'll, I'll play a two nine in that case. Cause I don't need to hit any card. That guy's going to miss. If he misses, he's going, to, he's going to tell me by checking to me. And so in baseball, you can't just use all math. You got to use feel for the game, recognize situations and create your own opportunities. And I just think that when people want to go with, analytics and analytics alone, they've missed a big part of the game. And I don't, I don't like it at all. I mean, so I, I don't, I respect the math, but I don't think that you should rely on it entirely. No way, no how. Craig, I agree with you a thousand percent. And I thank you for the phone call. Here's the thing. I do believe really and truly that when Cashman says that they are looking for that happy blend of both, that's sincere. But the problem is, is that you're not going to be able to just snap your fingers and use that as the way we're actually going about our business in season like this. They've tried to veer away from the analytics, but you're not going to make a 100% type of a commitment to both in the middle of the season. This is something that takes time during a winter as you're starting to stockpile your organization. You're decide- Isn't it like, like, like maybe you don't pay attention to this as a fan, but do me a favor. Put it in your little calendar, like write it as a little reminder if you have, like, one of those boards up in your house, like, like take one of the magic markers and, like, write it up there on the board and say that Grasa told you on August the 19th, monitor in the offseason, okay? If you're a Yankee fan, Met, whoever you root for, just monitor when the organization puts out a big statement and they release the names of the coaching staff for the different levels of the minor leagues. You know, so, for example, Somerset Patriots announce... This year's coaching staff, and it's, they tell you everything all at once. The manager, the hitting coach, the pitching coach, the this, the that. Because the Yankees are the ones who decide. The parent club are the ones that makes all those decisions. Like I said, it's organizationally driven. And you get everything all at once. Keep track of that. Because the names that you see right there, that's going to give you some sort of an indicator as to what the organization wants taught, what they believe in, and how they're going to put that plan into place. Instead of just glancing over the news release of, oh, okay, that's who the manager is going to be great. Because like I just got done saying, you had the hitting coach of the New York Yankees who was responsible for the hiring of all of those coaches down in the levels of the minor leagues, and now you fired the hitting coach in the middle of the season, and you have guys down there who were brought in by him as almost lame duck coaches. You think they're going to be around next year? If you truly are sincere about changing up your way of operating, flying by the seat of our pants. That's what it is. All right. We come back. We'll switch gears. Giant football. A lot of good last night at MetLife Stadium. We'll talk a little Big Blue. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Dan Grasso Show on this Saturday morning, 98.7 ESPN. Hey! Time now for some weekend weather presented by Grand Marnier. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate the intro. Oh, if you go to your window right now, you can see that there's a lot of sunshine. That's right. And, hey, there's supposed to be more of it throughout the rest of the day and tomorrow, too. That is the weekend weather brought to you by Grand Marnier. It takes cocktails from ordinary to unforgettable. Harvey, i got to be honest with you. I'm going to miss doing these little weekend weather sponsorships i don't know what i'm gonna do with myself i could tell in your voice you're just dreading it you know and you're gonna miss it too you know that you're well those are gonna continue right they're still gonna do the weekend weather i would they hope have so to. yeah the, the weather doesn't stop doesn't matter if i'm here anybody else here whatever do not matter uh giants last night i'll tell you what matters you want to hear important you want to hear significant how about the play of that first-team offense last night? You know, for those that ventured out to MetLife Stadium, and I know that it was, you know, few friends of family. It's preseason football. I understand. But you got the first-team offense out there for a series. And Daniel Jones, by all accounts, looked about as good as you could want your starting franchise quarterback to look. Now, I understand. Carolina was not playing all of their starters on defense. Like, you didn't have Brian Burns and Derek Brown trying to rip his head off. But still, Mike Kafka, Brian Dayball, they go out there last night and they dial up a first series that was heavy on the pass. And they said, all right, Daniel, this is going to be the only series you're playing here in preseason. You might as well go out there and let her rip. And he did. And you had some nice pre-snap stuff, which I thought was interesting. Now, look, teams aren't going to give away any significant wrinkles and things like that in preseason that other clubs could go to school on. You know, they're not going to sit here and show you stuff on August 18th that the Dallas Cowboys are going to be able to use to their advantage for that week one game on Sunday night football. But Daniel Jones, for example, 8 out of 9, 69 yards. You already saw the chemistry with Darren Waller which has got to really get you excited here now that you saw those two connecting on some big pass plays. 
you know, Paris Campbell getting in on the act as well, spreading the ball around to a few different receivers. I mean, the only incompletion last night for Daniel Jones was on a beautifully thrown ball to Waller where Waller got popped pretty good and give Carolina's defense credit there, and he couldn't hold on to the football. And that was probably enough for the Giants to be like, all right, we don't want to risk anything with this guy. Let's get him off of the field here. But he looked comfortable. He looked in charge. And look, you're not going to sit here and say, oh, yeah, Giants got it all figured out here with Daniel Jones. Great decision to give him all that money. He's going to develop into an elite quarterback. No, that's not happening in preseason. But it just showed you a little bit of a glimpse as to what the Giants have on their hands. You also saw Jalen Hyatt flash in this game last night putting on the afterburners, faking out the safety, getting himself wide open there in the corner of the end zone for an easy touchdown catch from Tyrod Taylor, right? So Giants are a playoff team, okay? Whether you like to acknowledge it or not, the Giants are a playoff team. It was nice to see Sterling Shepard get out there on the field last night. You know, he's also going to be a big part of this thing. He's almost like a wild card, given what he's dealt with the last couple of years when it comes to injuries. You know, we spent a lot of time talking about it all throughout the week with the Giants. When you look at their season and what they have against them, now I understand you have Philadelphia and you have Dallas still in that division that they're going to have to butt heads with and you hope ultimately find ways to beat them. Because they only won one game in the division last year. You have to make a little bit of progress there. But if you look up and down the rest of the NFC and how things are presently constituted, you got to put seven teams in the playoffs. And for where I'm sitting right now, NFC North is a one-team division as far as the postseason is concerned. NFC South, same holds true for that. So that means the three wild cards are going to come from the East and the West. Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, you feel good about them. Washington's still, in my opinion, not a playoff team. Good luck to Sam Howell, by the way. And then in the NFC West, all right, the Niners are the real deal. Seattle had themselves a great season last year, but what do they do for an encore? Arizona might be the worst team in football. And the Rams are going to be in probably for another difficult season as they continue to retool what once was a Super Bowl championship team just a couple of years ago. Right? They've had to pay the piper as far as the salary cap is concerned. I don't think they're at that level. So by process of elimination, the Giants have to be a playoff team this year, and I think that they will be. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to come true. You know as well as I do that there are clubs that are a lot better than maybe we all thought they were going to be once the real season arrives, and that's what makes the NFL fun. Right? That's what makes it exciting. Like the Giants were a season ago where you thought maybe on paper the Giants were no better than, let's say, a 4-5 win team, and they end up going all the way to the playoffs, winning a playoff game. And I know when they walked off that field in Philadelphia last season, there was a wide, wide gap between them and the Philadelphia Eagles, right? The Eagles were a Super Bowl team last year. Class of the NFC. And they might be again this year. Philly, San Francisco, I, I still think that they are the clubs in this conference. But what have the Giants done in the offseason? What have they done to not only make themselves better, but to say, are we any closer to legitimately challenging the Eagles, the Niners, and, and, and asserting ourselves as a team that could potentially get to a Super Bowl? And if the quarterback is going to play like he did last night, and yes, I know it's only preseason, but if he's going to be better than he was last year, which I think is a fan and is an organization, that's what you want him to be and that's what you need him to be. Otherwise, why give him $40 million a year? 
But essentially, Daniel Jones has two years to prove that. Because the way that the contract is constructed, it's really a two-year deal. So he's got this year and next. I think personally, he's got enough weapons to make this thing work. Yes, they don't have a true number one bona fide wide receiver, granted. But you see that number 12 out there last night? You see that guy? He's pretty good. It might say tight end next to his name, but he's your number one target. And if that guy could stay out on the field, he's really, really, really good. And he's what they like to call a matchup nightmare for opposing defenses. He's the guy that if you're a defensive coach getting ready to prepare for the Giants leading up to Sunday, that's the guy that keeps you up late at night. Because you're worrying about how do we stop Darren Waller. So if teams are going to put an extra set of eyes on Waller all season long, that's just going to open up the opportunity for these wide receivers to make plays in the passing game. It's going to open up running lanes even for Saquon Barkley, Mr. One-Year Deal, right? It's even going to open up opportunities for Daniel Jones because we know that he can make plays with his legs. Now, I know that that's a big part of Brian Dayball's offense. I get it. We saw it a lot last year. I mean, Daniel Jones rushed for, what, 700 yards last year, if I'm not mistaken, thereabouts. So that's a part of the game. And I know that Daniel Jones is a big, strong kid. But as far as I'm concerned, I don't want my quarterback being that wide open to absorb as many hits is what you're going to expect Daniel Jones or any quarterback that's going to tuck it under and run with the football as much as we saw him do last year. Maybe they're not going to be as reliant on that. Right? Maybe. Because you got Saquon back. You've got more options now in the pass game. But we see Josh Allen do it up in Buffalo. Did it when Dayball was up there with him. Josh Allen, Daniel Jones, you know, similar stature, similar build. They feel that they can actually go out there and take it. But I'm paying my quarterback to throw the ball. I'm paying my quarterback because of his arm. I want this guy to throw for more than 15 touchdown passes next year. And I don't think that's too much to ask. As a matter of fact, and I hate to sit there and put numbers on it, like I'm sitting here doing like a fantasy discussion, but I would want Daniel Jones to probably be at least somewhere in that 25 or above in terms of touchdown passes for this season if he's going to go out there and be able to play every single game. I don't think that that's too much to ask. And speaking of quarterbacks, real quick, did you see the roughing the passer penalty on Dexter Lawrence last night? On Bryce Young. I mean, come on. Like, I thought we were going to get better on this. I thought the league was going to take a long, hard look at the roughing the passer penalties. I mean, he put his hand up and incidentally uh, glazed the side of Bryce Young's helmet, and that's roughing the passer. I mean, oh, my God. He didn't clench his fingers, nothing. He brushed the side of his face mask, and it's a roughing the passer penalty. I mean, come on, people. Roger, what are we doing? Clean it up. Thoughts on the Giants. Where are my Giant fans right now? Expectations for the upcoming season, and I know that we've discussed this, but again, what is a successful season for the New York football Giants in terms of what their fans expect? 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Remember, we'll talk to Anthony Becht, our good pal, coming up at 11. He's got the call on the TV side. Tonight on CBS with the Jets taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Our coverage right here on 98.7 begins at 6.30 from out at old MetLife Stadium with Greg Buttle and myself on the pregame show. And Bob Wishoes and Marty Lines are going to have the call at 7.30 for the Jets and the Bucks. But we're talking Giants right now. Expectations for the upcoming 2023 campaign. Mentioned Jalen Hyatt. And he's one of these rookies that if you're a Giant fan and, of course, you follow the team, you follow the camp, he's the guy that gets you excited, right? I think that the Giants, when they were able to select him in the third round, that was great value because during the draft, I didn't think that Jalen Hyatt was going to be able to last to round number three. So the fact that the Giants were patient as they were, were able to still get a player like that, and he is somebody that has speed, and that is a great tool for anybody to have to be able to be successful on this level, of course. Now, you got to be able to put it all together. You know, teams were maybe a little bit leery of his route-running ability if he showed enough polish in that regard, and maybe that was one of the reasons he fell to where he did in the draft. But if he can refine these routes a little bit, he is going to be a matchup nightmare potentially for some DBs. You saw what happened last night. It looked like he was running a post, and then all of a sudden, boom, one twitch, and he breaks free from the safety and he is wide open in the corner of the end zone from that nice catch and throw from Tyrod Taylor. Here was Brian Dayball after the game last night talking about the rook, Jalen Hyatt. Well, look, I mean, we we ran him on a bunch of short routes. We hit him on that big route. You know, we're just trying to help him be a better receiver. So, you know, we ask him to do quite a bit of stuff. He runs a variety of routes, short, intermediate, deep. But, again, he's a young player like the other rookies we have that we'll just we'll kind of try to bring along and, and try to put him in good positions. Darren Waller, the big game last night, of course, and he's going to be huge for this football. Darren Waller, you know, I understand that Daniel Jones is the franchise quarterback. You're paying him all that money. 
And normally, as the quarterback goes, the team goes in the NFL in 2023. I understand that. But to me, if you're saying who's the X factor on the Giants' offense this season, it's Darren Waller. All right? He's the guy that's going to transform this group to being just okay to potentially very, very good. Here was Waller after the game last night on what he sees in his new quarterback, Daniel Jones, on game days. For me, uh, I know from my process getting ready for a game, I like to make like my day and you know just my personality, how I carry myself, be the same every day, like from practice to a game. And I, I see that in him. It's like there's nothing really different from a practice to a game. Like he has to get more hype or more intense. It's just like he's just himself, confident in what he brings to the table, and his performance is consistent as well. And that's why we love him. I think that was Darren Waller with Barton Hahn, as a matter of fact. It didn't sound like it was after the game. Um, here's the quarterback returning the compliment here on his connection with Darren Waller. He's a big target, you know, runs good routes, creates separation. He's an easy guy to find. So, yeah, I don't know. He's a, he's a talented player, smart guy, understands defense, understands where we're using him and, and uh, how to get open. So you're, you're saying it was game day, Harvey, the Darren Waller stuff? Yeah, it was. Wow. I double -checked. It sounded like he was outside doing that interview or doing that press conference. Well, nobody interrupted him like Bart would. So. <laughs> wow. Shots fired. Bart Scott, I don't know what Bart's doing this morning on Saturday. Maybe he's out there on the pickleball court or something like that or having his frosted flakes. And then, boom, he gets hit with a scud from Harvey. Love you, Bart. Happy belated birthday, man. Happy belated birthday to Bart. That was yesterday, right? Yes. Yes. How many days, what do you think the statute of limitations is to wish somebody a belated birthday? Like, how long do you think the belated range is still valid for? One week. I, don't, I wouldn't even give it a week. Four days tops, probably. Uh, I'll say three. Three is fine. Joe, what do you think? Belated birthday. How long? I'm going to go four. Four? I think four days. Well, doesn't the same thing apply to, like, let's say holidays? Because, like, the Happy New Year one is probably the strictest. Like, when is it okay to wish somebody a Happy New Year? Like, if, if you don't see somebody until January 9th, right, of whatever year it is, can you still greet them with Happy New Year? I mean, I, I'm not one to talk. I've heard people on, like, January 18th say Happy no, you, New Year. You can't, do, you can't do that. You can't. It, it, it doesn't. I'm sorry. You missed it. You missed it. The bus took off and you weren't on the bus. You can't wish somebody Happy New Year two and a half weeks into the new year. You might as well wish them a Happy Thanksgiving if you're waiting until January 18th to greet them. Is Thanksgiving Parties. the shortest? Oh, yeah. No, no. Thanksgiving is one of those days that you have one day to wish them happy. Well, you know what? I think you have maybe two days, but it's pre-Thanksgiving. Like, day before Thanksgiving, if you're like, all right, let's say it's your last day at work on that Wednesday, and you're, you, know, you have a couple of days off, long weekend or whatever, and you say to somebody, all right, have a happy Thanksgiving. You could tell them that the day before. But, for example, this year on Black Friday, when we're at MetLife Stadium getting ready to do Jets-Dolphins, seeing the people at the stadium, I don't know how many happy Thanksgivings I'm going to be able to greet them with because the day is come and gone. You right? might get three days after, out of that. But, but can you? I no, but I, I think you could get three days out of Thanksgiving and not out of Valentine's Day. No, not val no, no, Valentine's Day is a Hallmark holiday. That, that, that's Fugazi. That's nothing. That's, that's a joke. Um, that's a money grab. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think in years past. So let's say if, 
Like last year, we had a home game on Thanksgiving weekend on Sunday, like the normal football Sunday. I believe that that was the Mike White game against the Bears in the rain. Okay, so we show up at the stadium that day. If I see somebody that I haven't seen, uh, but I don't know if I would say happy Thanksgiving. I would say how was your Thanksgiving, which is not the same exact thing as happy Thanksgiving. No, you just you're just buying days at that point. Yeah, but how do you buy days? You, you say, oh, how was Thanksgiving? How was your Thanksgiving? What did you do but, for Thanksgiving? Now you're just messing it up. Right, but that's a different question as opposed to just coming out and wishing somebody a happy Thanksgiving, right? Right. It's like, okay, Christmas, right? Christmas the 25th, New Year's the 1st. How many days after Christmas is it not okay to wish somebody a Merry Christmas and then immediately fast forward to Happy New Year? Probably three as well. Three should be like the standard number. I'm if saying December some- 29th. That's the so cutoff saying, day. You're saying on the 28th it's still okay to wish somebody a Merry Christmas? Well, yeah, because, you know, families and, you know, travel, go, you know, <sighs> go to know. in-laws on the 28th or 26th and, you know, people you I'm don't I'm a hard see. marker with this stuff, man. Like, like I think, again, if, if you want to give me the 28th, and I know what you're saying, like the families and that week off in between, like that's the chance maybe to get together, friends, whoever it might be. If you run into somebody on the 28th, that it might also have to be a case of how was Christmas? How was your holiday? Instead of Merry Christmas. But that, if, you're, if you have to ask how was this, how was that, then how cool are you with the guy, the person? You're just well, making I mean, small talk you constantly. But, but you weren't there. You weren't together. Well, so you, you got to put yourself there. What's that? You got to put yourself there now. Well, I mean, I think it's scene? courtesy more than anything else. Oh, who's courteous these days? What? Isn't that what the freaking holidays are always supposed to be about? Yep. Yeah, who really means it? Goodwill towards men, women, pets, children, everybody, whatever the hell they preach. It's awful gazy. What is it? What is it? Pass interference. Or, I mean, roughing the passer penalties in pass the NFL. Pass interference could pass, too. We've What's seen that? those. Pass interference could pass off as well. Oh, that's a joke. That's uh, Come on. I grab you, you go down, I get flagged. It's a joke. It's, it's a freaking joke. By the way, you know what I got to do right now? And you talk about being late and maybe you're not valid. I'll tell you that something is extremely valid. And that is the leaderboard update. Presented by Glenn Fittick. And you have, and you probably know this already, the BMW Championships going on in Illinois this weekend. The leaders are going to tee off about... Three hours from now. So you still got plenty of time to get your bets in or do whatever you got to do to make sure you're sitting in front of the couch watching golf. Max Homa's your leader. Ten under par. He's got a two-shot lead on Chris Kirk. Then he got Brian Harmon and Matt Fitzpatrick, who are three shots off the pace at minus seven. And they call that the leaderboard update. It's brought to you by Glenn Fittick Single Malt Scotch Whiskey. It is the world's most awarded single malt scotch whiskey. Skillfully crafted. So much skill. Enjoy it responsibly. Glenn Fittick, Single Malt Scotch Whiskey, ABV 40%, alcohol by volume, 2023, imported by William Grant & Sons, New York, New York. 800-919-3776. We'll talk about the other team in town who has a football game tonight, and we'll also discuss things with Anthony Becht coming up at 11 o'clock. Rasa till noon right here on 98.7 ESPN. Roger, what are we doing? Clean it up. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. 
That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. CA, let us say hi to Chris and Beth Page, talking a little giant football right now in 98.7. Christopher, good morning. How are you? Very good. Um, you know, I'm as big a Giants fan as there is. And um, my How expectation. How tall are you? <laughs> only 5'9", so. Oh, there's a lot bigger Giant fans than you. Come on. You know that. You're, you're right. I'm you're kidding. Right. Oh, but um, anyhow, hey, listen, why not expect to, to compete to, for an NFC title? Why not? What's wrong with that? Seriously, think about it. I think they've improved from where they were last year, all right? The NFC is pretty weak, okay? Uh, you know, uh, you know. obviously the Eagles are the class of the league. I totally get it. But, you know, a lot of things happen in football. You know, God forbid Eagles have, a, you know, for them, their Hurts gets injured or whatever. And I'm not saying these are dramatic things. But another thing, the Giants, what I believe is I totally expect them to be a dominant home team that's a key thing that's something that they haven't been in a while when you get when any team that comes in there i expect them to win even when the eagles come in there you know why not expect them to win why not you know i'm thinking 10 maybe even 11 wins and if you look over the schedule i think it's definitely feasible and you know compete for a division title everyone's saying no listen last year coming into last year was mm-hmm. everybody saying about the eagles yeah, they're good. They maybe take another step up, but they're, they're clearly going to be the class of the NFC. Coming into last year at this point, people weren't saying that. I that thought they'd happened. win the division. I didn't know if they were a okay. Super Bowl team, though. Right, right. Yeah. But that, that's my point. And, and you brought up Waller, okay? You know, by the way, three weeks ago I called you up and I said it's, it's kind of becoming a tight, end, a tight end league. And you kind of poo-pooed it. And then the caller after me said it was a joke take. He said it was a terrible take. Because you can't even name tight end, whatever. You just pointed out that Waller is probably going to be the key to the Giants' offense. So I'm just saying, you know, that I told you this three weeks ago, and you know, you guys kind of like said I was. Well, nuts, Chris, the but, point, the, when you say it's a t- it's not entirely true though, and I thank you for the phone call in the sense that you only have probably anywhere from five to ten of those special tight ends around the National Football League. There's a hell of a lot more special wide receivers in a pass happy NFL that we currently living right now that's all i meant but if you have one of those guys which of course darren waller has the capability to be then you know what more power to you here's another thing if you're a believer in recent history and trends and that sort of stuff with the giants winning the division this year do you know the last time 
that a team won the NFC East in consecutive seasons? You got to go back to the Philadelphia Eagles in 2003 and 2004. So we're talking almost 20 years, 20 years since we had a repeat division champ. Why can't it be the Giants? Look, if you're going to just say automatically because of the statistical trend, if you're a betting man, you're probably putting it all on either the Giants or the Dallas Cowboys. I think I think the one team we would all be shocked is standing there at the top of the division at the end of the year would be Washington. Right? They're not there yet. They're in a transition right now with a new ownership. They don't have their quarterback of the future as much as they think they do. Sam Howell's probably not it. And in 2024, they'll probably have a new coach. They'll probably have a new quarterback. So Washington is, I think, just kind of standing pat, seeing how many wins that they could get this year. And, hey, if they stink up the joint, then they're going to put themselves in position to maybe draft Caleb Williams, who's going to be the big prize in the NFL draft. Here's the thing about the Giants, okay, and, and it's a tricky proposition to play the whole win-loss game because you don't know who's going to be good, who's not going to be good. But on paper, this is an indisputable fact. Five of their first six games are against teams that made the playoffs last year. Cowboys, Cardinals, Niners, Seahawks, Dolphins, Bills. If that's the case, what's the best you're hoping for? I said yesterday on the show, you know what? The way the things maybe kind of soften up a little bit for them the remainder of the year, at least on paper, just don't bury yourself. That's the goal. You're not going to win a division. You're not going to win a championship. Hell, you're not even going to claim a playoff spot in the first six weeks of the season. But what you can do is you can put yourself behind the eight ball, and that's what you don't want to do to the Giants. Remember, this is in the AFC. This is not a conference that is a gauntlet. Right? You might be hard-pressed right now, like I said, to find seven teams that you're going to say are automatically, no doubt, 100% playoff teams on the NFC side. If I'm the Giants, you know what? It's not ideal, but I'm not going to shed tears if the Giants are 2-4 and four after the first six games. Not saying it's going to happen. More likely, I'll say 3-3. Three and three. Three and three, and you got 11 games left, and let's see what you could do. That ain't the worst thing in the world. Richard in Manhattan is up next here on 98.7. Richard, good morning. How the heck are you? Dan, I don't know if the Giants have the best quarterback in football, but I do know this. They have the best backup quarterback in football. Man, that guy Tyrod Taylor is good. He looked good. So we got no problems with that, Tyrod. Dayball reminds me of Parcells. Just coaches like him, acts like him. I like this guy a lot. Now, let's look at a little parallelism. 85, Giants had a decent year. They played the Bears in the playoffs and got destroyed. Last year, Giants, decent year, very good year, actually, because it came out of nowhere, played the Philadelphia Eagles in the playoffs, got destroyed. What did the Giants do in 86? We all know. I don't know if that can happen this year, but that's my parallelism. Now, Dan, I got a question to ask you, but I just want to give – first, we'll dis- well, first I'll, I'm going to ask you yes or no, and then we'll discuss it. Let me tell you so real you quick, get- though. That, that game last quick, year yes. against the Philly uh, the Eagles in the playoffs, that was actually more one-sided than when they lost to the 85 Bears the year before they won well, the Super Bowl. Well, uh, Sean Landetta didn't look good uh, missing a punt. It wasn't that. It was a, that was, what, 17 nothing Last year it was what? Like 23. 23 yeah. nothing. Yeah. yeah. But they, they were never in that game. Okay. Let me ask you uh, yes or no. Mm-hmm. The NCAA basketball tournament, correct? Mm-hmm. They have play-in games, right? 
basically, what are these games for? Money grant, right? You create more games. Am I correct or not? That's what they're there for, yeah. Okay. So they want to make money. They want more games, more money. Am I correct? Yeah. All right. Does it make sense to you? Just answer yes or no now, and then we'll discuss it. That you can have the number three and number four teams in that tournament, and they don't play a game that can be played. They just skip that game. You know what I'm talking about. No, what are you talking about? The consolation game. The two teams that lose in the semifinals. Why do they skip that game? Does that make – I'm asking you the question first. Does it make sense if all they want to do is make money? Why can't they make money putting that game either Sunday? Uh, what, what, yeah, first R- Richard, does it make Richard, sense I got to hit a break. That game? I got to hit a break, Richard. I appreciate the phone call. Um, wow. Uh, I'll tell you. You know, generally, like, the night before you do a show, the morning you wake up, you kind of write down some things. Maybe that'll come up over the top of your conversation. Hey, we'll talk about this. We'll talk about that. I could have sat there and wrote 875,431 topics on a piece of paper today, thinking it might be broached on the program. The consolation game in the NCAA men's basketball tournament, which is was a thing of the past, never would have came up on that list. No. I promised you. No. Never. Not at all. You know what? I don't have an answer to that question, but Anthony Beck might. That'll be the first thing I ask him, as a matter of fact. Why not bring back the consolation game in the men's Final Four? We'll see what Anthony thinks. We'll also ask him some football questions, too. Dan Grasso for another 60 right here on 98.7 ESPN. Valentine's Day is a Hallmark holiday. That's Fugazi. That's enough. That's a joke.